There we go. We're chilling. We're live again. Salud, Cesar. Salud. Let's get it. Let's go. Vamonos. Uh, we will, uh, we're drinking some wine today, folks. If y'all are listening in or if we finally start posting these up. Um, so, I don't know. We'll be drinking and drinking and uh, podcasting maybe if we get on our fields with the, with the wine. Yeah, wine connoisseurs for today. Mm-hmm. This is our first podcast where we're doing wine. It already got you fucked up, right? I went down the wrong hole. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, welcome back to Goal Sided, folks. Episode 29. It's 29. Super Jeez. jam-packed agenda today. It was deadline day the other day. So we got a whole list of transfers, some some call-out ones. I'm sorry if we don't call out your favorite player, but they're probably not that good. <laughs> but we got a list of good players that made yeah. some moves. And then we'll go over uh, the usual uh, roundabout for England with FA Cup. In Spain, we got some La Liga updates. In Italy, today there was Copa Italia. Uh, our boys Cremonese pulling through. Uh, we'll take it on home with Liga Mekis. And then we'll close it out with some some really cool stuff that we're looking forward to. The FIFA Club World Cup is coming. Started today. Seattle Sounders got their opponents. And then we'll look, uh, we'll look forward to some of the games over the weekend. What's your thoughts, Cesar? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's kick it off with some transfers. The biggest one that I had at the top because I wanted to figure out if it was going to happen or not, and it we still don't fucking know. Julian Araujo to Barcelona. Yeah, that shit was crazy. In all caps, I put, did it go through? And it officially has not as of now. As of now, yeah. So it's stuck, right? Yeah, it's stuck because of paperwork. Um, Barcelona's asking FIFA if they can accept it because it was only like, Less than a minute late. Eighteen seconds, according oh, to wow. the according to the Barcelona spokesperson. Eighteen seconds. Imagine if it doesn't go through because it was eighteen seconds late. That's insane. Sucks more for him. Yeah, it's, I mean, you just ruined his fucking dreams. Yeah, it's a lone move. No, it, apparently it was going late because they were switching it to a purchase, four oh, million dollar wow. fee. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I can't. Like, I would be so pissed if I was Julian Araujo. Yeah, me too. Um both Barcelona as well because they had a lot of transfers that fell through. They mm-hmm. were looking for to get a lot of a lot of people in for that Europa League um, spell. Yeah, but and yeah. I mean they're doing super good in league, right? So they need to keep pushing. They're trying to appeal it, but dude, eighteen seconds—that's wild. Like you had a whole month. Yeah, yeah. Why are they exactly. trying to make the moves the day before and then the day of? Yeah, somebody opened up the email a little too late, <laughs> sent it out late. Well, first, there was a lot of drama on Twitter because people were blaming Galaxy or MLS because the MLS does have a process where Galaxy accepts it and then it goes to the MLS for them to sign off and then it uh, gets sent back. So people were saying that that additional step is what took long. Instead of it just being club to club. Yeah, but people were saying that the response from Barcelona was what actually did at the end. But overall, like they all fucked up. Yeah, and the only one affected here is Julian Araujo or the most affected one. Yeah, Barcelona will move on. Yeah, and then same thing with LA Galaxy. But, yeah, Julian Araujo is the one. LA Galaxy wins. They get to keep their star outside back, and they're going to sell him for the same, if not more, in the summer. Unfortunate for Julian. Yeah, Hector Bellerin left to Sporting Lisbon. I don't know who that news really affects. He's been kind of washed up for a bit. But yeah. 
I mean, he was a great player. I, I, he was one of my favorite players a couple of years back. At Arsenal? I really liked him at Arsenal. Yeah. But injuries, just not getting to that potential. He had some major injuries, so I don't blame him for not getting to the overall potential. But he was he was very good at his time. But hopefully he does well at sporting. Yeah. He, he um, He's going to be a teammate to a Mexican. Who's at Lisbon? Okay. Jesus Alcantar. He's on sporting B. Cantarano de... Necaxa. Oh, Necaxa. Yeah, he was the starting center back with um, the Mexico U-20 team. Oh, he's only 19 as well. 19, super tall. He's already 6'3". Six 6'3", foot three. Six foot three, Jesus. He, he had a couple of starts with the B team. And uh, the first game, he had a rough go. He he got caught slipping in a couple goals. I saw the highlights. He's picked it up. He has two goals with that B team yes. for the center back position. Yeah, so he's he's not doing too bad. Well, that's good for him. But yeah, he's going to be teammates with Bayerin if he can move up to the first team. All right. Another big news going to Liga Mekis, Diego Linus, the Tigres. Fucking Diego Linus. Did we talk about it last week? No, huh? No, we didn't. It was like right after. Yeah. Going to Tigres, the good thing is it's on loan, so it's not permanent. He has to go back, technically. But uh, but people are calling it the end of his career. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him in Cordoba? Yeah. Yeah. It quite it's like a- captioned, like, this is like the Mexican mentality right here. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard because I I don't really fault the players too much because you like you want to get paid, right? But at the same time, like you should try and stay and compete for a liga that has better development. But yeah. maybe this will help him out cuz he's already been at uh, Real Betis for a while and then he tried it at Portugal, it didn't work. Maybe him coming back it's a good thing for him because it is on loan. But other than that, like, if he comes and stays here, it is definitely a step back. I mean, the saddest thing of it all is that he's not a clear-cut starter. Right, yeah. Well, that's why. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe he can get his confidence back. and Because even with Mexico, like, we were debating, like, why aren't you taking Linus? He has that difference in him, right? So he just needs that little bit of uh, confidence back. And maybe he does later move on into maybe a lower team. But he needs to get his confidence back and then be able to take that risk with that newfound confidence. It's going to be tough, I think, because he's he's already the best paid player in the league, even coming on loan, because they have to match his pay from over there. Oh, wow. Wait, Tigres is taking all of this in? I'm pretty with, sure. With all the the new signings they've had as well? Yeah. That's they're, they're spending like crazy, man. man. I just find it difficult because, like, I mean, we see how the other players in, at his age range, like the Alexis Vega, Cordova and them, have been doing. They seem to be losing their confidence, their will to want to go to Europe. It's it's not looking like it's going to get any better. I don't think, I think he's going to stay in the Yamaikis for a while. Damn. Fuck, man. The Somebody to- has to pay him. The, toxici- the toxicity of Liga Yamaikis. Mm-hmm. Because... Here you have all these big teams um, paying out really big salaries, playing for a shitty ass league compared mm-hmm. to other leagues playing paying at that same level. Yeah, and that's the tough thing about Liga Mekis is that I think they're one of their biggest downfalls is that they're uh, willing to overpay for shitty talent. Damn. Unfortunately, it's a lot of ex Liga Mekis players because they sell tickets or they do whatever. Well, you saw how many people showed up at the airport for him, right? Yeah. Like for a meet, and then to the university to like the training grounds and stuff. He probably feels like a superstar, and he's coming as a 
It's a reject. Yeah. Era fracaso. Chicho Arango de Pachuca. I don't know much about Chicho Arango, but $4 million seems like a reasonable price for an LAFC or MLS Cup winner. Mm. He was a leader on that team. Assuming, yeah. He was their killer. I, I don't understand like how they let him go. Yeah. The big rumor is that right now in the MLS, he's not a DP. So they're not paying him above that 1.6, 1.7 threshold or whatever. But they were restructuring his contract and he wanted that money, obviously. Right. He was the top scorer for them. So he's a forward. He's replacing. He's the striker. He's re- immediately replacing Nico Ibanez. Nico Ibanez. Wow. So that's a good and pickup for Pachuca. Yeah. And for $4 million to get like the best, one of the best strikers in MLS, I think that's an amazing deal. Yeah. He's only 28 years old. So he's not. He's Paraguayan, like prime. Right? He's Colombian. 27 years old. Yeah. Still got a good four years in him. Yeah. He's good. Uh, and good for $4 million, I think that's a steal. Yeah. It sounds like a steal now. Uh, Joao Cancelo to Bayern. On loan. On loan. That was interesting. Apparently, he's a big diva in the in the locker room. And Bep was like, get out. Amonos. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was uh, really salty and upset that he hasn't been playing a lot for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. And Bep has always... He's famous for, for putting the system and the team above any singular player. Yeah, definitely. So this Joao Cancelo move, I think, benefits both the parties or all three parties, Joao Cancelo, Bayern, and Manchester uh, City. So, yeah, it's a good uh, transfer move. Uh, $70 million to buy for a, a pretty decent player, pretty good player. I think one of the best outside backs in the world right now. But, yeah, City found pretty easy relief with all their center backs that can play out wide, like Akanji, Stones, Ake, Ake um, even uh, Rico Lewis, the new kid. The new like he's like nineteen years old, plays center mid, plays outside back. So, right, yeah. For against Arsenal, he was playing right back, but he would drift in towards the mm-hmm. middle, which is what Cancelo does sometimes when they come out. So like, if you can get that much money for Cancelo and you have a k- young kid that can already do it, sell Cancelo. That's insane. Uh, producing a player to like produce Rico that, L- Lewis. He uh, draw Cancelo started his first game with Bayern today and he got an assist. Oh, they wow. won like five zero against Mines. Yeah, mine's got a red card towards the end of the game, too. So Good thing for Bayern. They're still in the Champions League, so they'll definitely use them quite mm-hmm. a lot this season. Uh, speaking of Champions League, Matt Doherty from Tottenham Hotspurs, their outside wing, outside back, going to Atletico de Madrid on loan. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, These white boys going to a Spanish-speaking country has always been interesting for me. Yeah. Trippier went famously... Yeah, Trippier with Atletico. Atletico loves the white boys. Yeah. Um, I don't know this. I don't know why he's coming. I don't know Atletico that deep. But I don't know. To get a defensive player when Atletico hasn't been doing too well, I don't know if they're covering up uh, at the back. or uh, Because Simeone is famously known for being a really defensive mm. uh, coach. For Doherty. Yeah, so Doherty. they just recently got rid of uh, Renan Lodi, the outside back, the Brazilian. Oh, okay. He went to Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. So Nottingham's been buying one of those like thirty people that they've bought. Um, they, I mean, they have Nahuel Molina, the World Cup champion, on one yeah. side. Maybe that's where they're trying to st- straighten up um, the squad. He's not super attack minded no, either. He's not. <laughs> so he was at he was at the Wolves when they first came into the yeah. first division. So I 
wonder what's the the idea with him. Backup. Yeah, I'll maybe. You're just gonna you literally loan him just to put him on the bench. Yeah, depth. But talking about Nottingham Forest, the Tico, yeah, Caleb um, Navas to <laughs> Nottingham Forest. Yeah, there were a bunch of rumors that it wasn't happening. That's a great move. They have so, a great keeper right now, though. They have Henderson there, and he's a great keeper. I mean, I've I haven't seen many Nottingham Forest games, but the one that I saw, I was like, yeah, this doesn't scream like I have a secure goalkeeper. Yeah. But having someone like Navas, a Champions League winner, multiple Champions League winner, that screams like I got a lockdown back here, guys. Don't worry about me. I think this is going to be interesting test to see if like having a solid keeper like that does make that much of a difference. Like if uh, like if you have two solid keepers, does the experience of one, does the like the voice, the the leadership of that one make that big of a difference? I well, you were a defender. Like you, it's had, so much. It's so much nicer when you have a keeper that knows what they're doing behind you. Like yeah. if they're that good and they've won that many things, they can be like. They're basically a coach on the field. Yeah, definitely. And they can tell you, like, hey, Omar, like, your right's a little bit fucking exposed or bring this person over here. And they can yell all the way to the forwards what to do and stuff, right? Yeah. They can give a good ball. They know how to kick. They can move the game around. Like, it really does make that much of a difference. And uh, I want to see if he can make it a huge difference in Nottingham Forest. It'd be great to see them go a little bit more towards mid-table. What place are they in right now, like? Nottingham Forest is in 13th. 13th. So they're not too bad. 21 points. Yeah, they're doing They're about four points away from relegation. Four points? Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, in in the Premier League, like, you win a couple games and you're out of relegation, right? And you lose a couple and you you could slip back in. Isn't that wild that, like, another mid-to-low table team in England is getting another superstar? Yeah. He's a superstar. He is. Every team... And the world wanted Keylor Navas. They wanted to take him away from PSG and like take off those handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah, he was running away there. So I'm glad he made this move. He made this decision because, again, both Nottingham needs him and Keylor needs Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Hopefully he kills it. He's already 36. I mean, Ochoa is fucking 42 or whatever he is. Ochoa's so. like 38. Okay. Well, same <laughs> thing. <laughs> but, yeah, he definitely still got a, a f- few years in him. Um, even take a look at Buffon if we really want to speak age. That's true. Age like wine. All right. One interesting one, Pedro Porro to Tottenham. Do you know this guy? I do not know this guy. Pedro Porro's from Sporting, Lisbon, where uh, Bellerin just went. This is an interesting story. Abed, tell me. <clears throat> Spill the tea. There is, uh, there is an interesting story that went uh, viral, a little bit of a tabloid, I guess. That apparently uh, he was a part of a love triangle with Joao Felix's girlfriend. Oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. So Joao Felix, apparently, like they would go out to parties or whatever. They would go to the club or whatever. I don't know if Joao Felix was always there, but apparently there were um, certain tabloids would take pictures of homegirl and she would be a little bit too touchy, apparently, with a certain player. And that player ended up being Pedro Porro. Oh, and uh, there were rumors that he was coming to Chelsea in this uh, window. Yeah, and people yeah, yeah. were like, what are you doing? Joao <laughs> Felix just got to Chelsea. They're going to yeah. kill each other. <laughs> um, she obviously said, no, those rumors are not correct. Like, 
yes, we were at clubs together, but I think she mentioned Joel Felix was there, and, like, yes, they all greet each other by kissing each other, you know, like, hug and kiss and stuff. But in no way or form was it, like, making out and doing all that stuff. Why would I do that stuff in public? We're public figures, right? So, um, apparently, it all died there. But a lot of people are saying it's going to be interesting when they play those London derbies. Yeah. Or we're going to see there. We're going to see if it was only just rumors or if it's true. If we hear another little story. If he gets another red card, like the one he got at his <laughs> debut. Going straight at someone's legs. That's what we'll, Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Know. Not that big of a football transfer, I guess I would say. He's yeah. a solid outside back, um, but a, a lot more on the drama going side. Going to where? Where is he going? Tottenham. Tottenham. Oh. So they got rid of Doherty and this guy came in. Yeah. Let's go. I think it's a... It's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, definitely. 23 years old, so you yeah. tell me that's not an upgrade. <laughs> cool. That's that's the big names that I had. I am wearing my Quakes gear today. Let's go. Because the Quakes got a transfer. Fucking let's go. Mañana va a llover. Oh, va a llover. And it is going to rain this weekend. Um, <laughs> the Earthquake signed Carlos Grueso from FC Augsburg, the team that took Pepe. From FC Dallas. Gosh. I think there's a connection between those two teams. Dallas and Osberg? or because yeah, they took they took Grueso when he was a star player at FC Dallas. They took him to Europe, to Augsburg. And then they did the same with Ricardo Pepe. They signed him from, from FC Dallas. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a conspiracy. I don't know. Maybe somebody's cousin is or maybe they working just, over there. Yeah. Maybe they just like Dallas. But yeah, the Quakes signed him back to the MLS from Augsburg. I think it's about a $3 million fee, which is a record for the Quakes. How wow. sad is that? Wow, amazing. Good Chelsea's, shit, Quakes. Chelsea spends that on their on their freaking ball boys, apparently. Yeah. like They just spent $200 million in one freaking thing. And the yeah, Quakes record signing of $3 million. Wow, I give them so up in just Quakes. <laughs> but lockdown center mid, more of a six. Hopefully frees up the other players to yeah. kind of do a little bit more creative work. So I'm excited. Yeah, it sounds like a great um, pickup for the Quakes, finally. Mm-hmm. Finally get a little something. Very much needed. Very, very much needed. So we'll see how they go. I, I still think they need to get more players, some veteran players, know how to win. Yeah. Um, Not couple, veterans so much. Right? But, but I want a couple of veterans, but they there are U22 DP slots in the MLS where you can find, they usually go and find a South American 20-year-old stud. They bring them and then they kill it in the MLS and they sell them for like fucking thirty million. To yeah, you. like what they did with um, the Peruvian Marcos Lopez. Yeah, just like that. Just yeah, they got him at like twenty years old and then they flipped him at twenty two or whatever he is now to Feyenoord. They got some some good cash. Yeah, uh, Chicago just did it with John Duran. He's like a physical phenomenon, super tall, strong as hell striker that you would just feed him in and he would go and run and score it. Um, he's like 20 years old. They just sold him for like 20 million. Oh shit! Chicago Fire did this. Yeah, John Duran. They sold him to Aston Villa. He's 19 years old. 19 years old. That's insane. He had eight goals in just 28 appearances with Chicago. That's a really good rate for like a 18, 19 yeah, year old yeah, kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's on Where's the Colombian he national team. He's Colombian. Oh, Colombia. Damn, man. How are Colombia outproducing Mexico? I'm pissed. They're putting out amazing players in Colombia. Yeah, man. They still don't make it to the cl- to the World Cup. They didn't make it Come to the World Cup. just so hard. 
Imagine, bro. Imagine in Mexico. <laughs> God. In Mexico is in the Comebol. We would, they would not have. It would be the other Bolivia. No <laughs> Mexico would like, they would not even see the World Cup uh, if they were in Comebol. It would be so sad. Oh, man. Any other transfers you remember? Um, Enzo Fernandez. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> that shit was so 121 million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like penny change, dog. You see that list that uh, people are sending in the Discord? Uh, I think Rafa put in the Discord um, that Chelsea has like three star players per position at minimum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, that boom. list on the list, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Uh, and they're still, what, eighth in the league? So we, they need to turn it around. If not, all these new players they're getting in are just going to go to waste. They're tenth in the league. That Imagine that locker room, bro, with all those stars. Insane. So much drama, I bet. Like, one of these guys can go to Tottenham and start for sure. But, I mean, I, I told, I think I mentioned last time that they're going to start giving up some deals. Some steals. Oh, yeah. And Arsenal got a steal. They got Jorginho for uh, 12 million. You think that, oh, 12 million, that's a pretty good steal. Yeah. Yeah. He was third. Gorriaran got 12 million. Two years ago, what happened? Two years ago, he was third in the Ballon d'Or. Oh, for real. Yeah. And he was killing it for Italy. He was helping them win the Euros. Obviously, they don't make the fucking World Cup, but. Yeah, he was the leader on that team. He was the leader on Chelsea that got to champion, won the Champions League. People just kind of, he became kind of a meme because he would get his PKs blocked. <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't done anything at Chelsea that really makes you would make you think like he's washed up, he's done. Just the whole team. Sucks. Do you see him starting right away? No, he's not going to start. Okay, so just um, some depth. I think he's uh, his position is obviously uh, Thomas Partey's. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Partey's playing amazing right now. He is. That dude's hitting some bangers too, right? And I that see he's a monster, bro. Yeah, Jorginho's so much more calm, slower on on the ball. Like I think it's a different type of play. It's very much a great type of play, but like I think Thomas Partey's fitting perfectly with Arsenal's system. The, right yeah, now. there is. They are, um, especially with the young guys like Saka, um, Odegaard, and. Uh, Who's on the left wing, Martinelli. Martinelli. Yeah, definitely. They're a lot. I feel like they're a lot more attack minded with Partey compared to if they were with Jorginho. They'd be more methodical, more yeah. patient. And hopefully, he can switch it up. Well, he's gonna have to. I feel yeah. like Arteta's not gonna be like, "Yeah, go in and do some slow shit," right? Like he's gonna be like, "No, you have to fit our system." That's why he agreed, right? He's probably gonna. Get we'll back see. to how good they were with Italy. Italy was very fast paced. So was Chelsea when he was there. Yeah, but it's just a different player. Yeah, right. So hopefully, so we'll see. We'll see if he can adjust. Let's move it on to FA Cup. Everyone wants to hear Wrexham right now. Wrexham, it's the talk of the town. Amunos. Yeah, they ended up tying. What was it? Three to three. Idiots. Yeah, they were down one nil, up two one, up three two, and then. Uh, did you see Ryan Reynolds in the stands? Yes, he I was did. hella celebrating. He called the homeboy from uh, "It's Always Sunny," the other half owner. Yeah, he like called him and started showing the f- the ultras, the fans, like the call. And they took a screenshot. And you could see it's the dude, but he's like celebrating yeah. with two, a minute left, two minutes left in relegation in uh, extra time. And did you see his wife? 
post on oh, social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was like, uh, I pay my subscription to see my husband have a mental breakdown on live TV or something. It was totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, but. It last, what was it, in stoppage time? Um, it was the. Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield scored in the very last minute on like a crazy corner play, I think. Yeah, they just couldn't clear the ball, and somebody got a rebound, and they just scored. It was a shitty corner, too. Like, the defender gave up way too easy of a corner, and I just thought that was hilarious, and now they have to go into a playoff game. They have to play again. Yeah, they have to play again. They're now at Sheffield. At Sheffield, yeah. When you had it right there, dude, for your Cinderella story to continue, just move on to the next round. Fifth tier beating a second-tier team. And the second-place second-tier team, they're going to the— Premier League next year. Yeah. That would have been... Uh, I don't think it's possible for them to win at Sheffield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm rooting I, for y'all, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it keeps going because we love seeing Ryan Reynolds on the stands, but... It's we'll, funny. We'll see, yeah. I'm sure he's getting so much content for his shows and stuff. Oh, yeah. Did you see the cameras right behind him? Oh, yeah. I yeah. did. Yeah. It's so, just... It's all for show. Season, season two is going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> Hella drama. All right. Uh, Brighton beat Liverpool in the cup. Yeah, 2-1. to one. Duncan Mitoma scoring for Brighton. Um, again, Mitoma in the 92nd minute. Oh, yeah, he had the game winner late. With the game winner. A very interesting goal that worked out for him, right? Did you see it? Oh, that he got over. he got a little dink over the defender, and he got like a little touch and smacked it yeah, in. Yeah, but it was without the ball touching the, yeah. the ground, which was crazy. But this is the same dude that we talked about a few episodes before where he gave a professional soccer to go to college, writes a thesis on controlling the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's scoring against Liverpool in the f- historic FA Cup to send him to the fifth round. Yeah, and I mean, it's not really even surprising anymore. This kid is no, the no. real deal now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think outside of that, uh, United won, and they move on. Tottenham won. West Ham, Leicester, they're all on. Hold on, let's hit the brakes. The you oh goddamn, yeah, yeah. I, I skipped <laughs> Arsenal. City. You, I, I, I literally have it in my notes purpose, right here. My boy, I did skip it. It was the FA Cup, right? Yeah, it was the yeah, FA Cup. The the, Arsenal got the tough draw to go against City, and then they still have two games against them in the league. Yeah, but what are your thoughts of that game coming from an Arsenal fan? It was a tight game. I don't think they did, like, horrible to be like, oh, shit, like, they're not going to win the league anymore because they have to face them twice. Uh, I think they were able to hold their own against, obviously, such a powerhouse team, but they didn't have the ball like they have been accustomed to over the past couple of months in this new season, right, the new system with the new team. So they got to figure out a way to beat them for the next two games. Did you see uh, Sambi Lokonga, the center mid from Arsenal, who's, like, the Obviously, the second rotation player. Yeah, how he was getting tore up. The yeah, mistake he that he made. Odegaard, right? And Odegaard was yelling at him a lot throughout the game because he wasn't just in positions that I'm assuming he Odegaard knows that Partey Partey's is always taken. there. Yeah, he's always there, and he's Partey's fucking everywhere. So you can't fucking blame him. Yeah, and uh, Lokonga has more of an eight than a than a six, yeah. but at the same time, you're not going to bench Odegaard, right? If you got him, you're not going to. You're not going to give up that time. Yeah. Um, well, Odegaard came in as a sub. But, uh, yes, Sambi came in as a sub, too, in the 46th minute, and he was still struggling in positioning as a bit more of a defensive mid. 
and Odegaard was not having it because obviously he expects he expects top of the top of the league type of play, and he's seeing this kid out of position. He doesn't play that much, so he's trying to get him straight, right? And uh, unfortunately, he got yelled at a lot, and then he was super out of position in the in the goal. It was like Hector Herrera against Argentina when he literally left Messi like wide open. Yeah. He literally should have been in a certain area right outside of the box to block the balls in. Wasn't there. You could tell he's like has no idea where he is. Ball gets fed in right there. Goal comes right from there. It's just unfortunate because um, it just sounds like he was put in a tough position by the coach. Um, but it just goes along with, with the Arsenal's depth. Um, problem that they have going on we've touched on it before um, but it looked like a really good setup for the next two matches they got in the league which yeah. are really important um, and it helps both teams to kind of figure out what they need to improve to give us a good match yeah I mean for me as an Arsenal fan it felt pretty good because this is the first meetup with City all season yeah right and for them to keep it that close what seemed to be like a game that could have gone either way until that one zero, like it, it makes me feel okay going into the other two games. Uh, if Arteta can figure out a way to uh, put some balls in the net, um, because uh, he has to figure out a way to switch up the game. Because if not, uh, Pep might, and it might get worse. Yeah, um, but it looked- it'll be starters against starters. That's going to be different too. Yeah, and you know Arteta and um, Pep are having like. A freaking chess match. Yeah. Without even looking at each other, right? You know that they know each other's style of coaching. So they're probably just trying to figure out, like, all right, I can't make these mistakes because I know that he knows how to freaking kill someone when they make that mistake, right? So we'll see the change. But Arsenal definitely had more subs uh, in, more alternate players. City had a fucking full squad in. Almost, yeah. Everyone, Grealish, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Mahrez, Holland. Holland? In that game, seemed very disoriented to me. Very made very like a lot of mistakes. Couldn't hold up the ball, so he needs to pick it up because we talked about it again this last episode. Um, how we expected him to be more of a possession, be able to hold the ball. Yeah. But during that game, it felt like every single ball, his first touch was off. Yeah. Super excited for their upcoming games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in La Liga. Like I mentioned, Real Madrid, they did survive Athletic and Real Sociedad. They got a couple of points out of it, not beautifully, but that led to a bit of a gap in the in the league. Uh, today we had some games, Barcelona-Real Betis. Um, Andres Guardado messed up really bad today. So Guardado came in at about the 63rd, and uh, Rafinha scored in the 65th. So that kind of tells you something. But uh, Betis was doing fine. It was 0-0 it was until that point. And what ended up happening was Barcelona had a bit of a counter or they were attacking and they took down, I think they took down Pedri and he got knocked down and then the ball rolled back to like the defender area and Guardado was already jogging back and they were just kind of throwing their hands up like, no, not a foul, you know? And Guardado goes and gets, he's already jogging for the ball, goes and he just kind of like chips it back and he hits it straight to Frankie de Jong and Frankie de Jong just puts it on the ground, taps it forward and they get a counter, and I think it's uh, I think it's Balde. Yeah, Balde took it down line, beat the defender, got a killer cross in, and then uh, Rafinha got a tap in. What the? And it was all because Guardado nonchalantly 
tap the ball back to the to the player that was going to resume play and but the ball was about seven to ten yards from the actual foul so at first they were asking for an offsides and then they realized there was no offsides and then they started asking like yo that foul was not he didn't resume play where the foul was oh and the ref so it was a foul it, it definitely was a foul okay so then but the ball kept rolling and uh-huh. the, the players kind of you know like they're still sprinting kind of Aguardado was still sprinting for the ball, but the ref had already marked it. So he just like nonchalantly like, get the ball out of here and kicked it back soft. Like when, when usually a veteran player grabs the ball, they jog back with it and then they throw it up in the air and they're like, waste time, right? Yeah, Let yeah. us get back. Yeah, no, yeah. he ran back and tapped it and uh, gave it straight to Frankie de Jong. He puts it, stops the ball, passes it. And the outside, the outside back was the one that fouled the player. So there was the nobody out guy. wide. Oh, my God. And he opens it wide. Balde goes in and gets a good ball in. Goal. That One zero. sounds terrible from Guardado. Even Alejandro Moreno on the coverage afterwards for ESPN Plus was like, if I'm Manuel Peregrini, he's like, I, I grab that player and I tell him, what the hell are you doing? Because it's a... Those are rookie mistakes. Yeah. Huge rookie mistake. But yeah, they gave up that goal. And then Lewandowski got a good tap in, uh, I think, off of a couple rebounds in the box. And then uh, Jules Conde scored no goal right before uh, the end of the Jules game. But Barcelona had it. But yeah, now that Barcelona's gap is eight points after that win today. Let's one go. game in hand for Ooh, Real Madrid, though. Okay. So that's a five point gap if Real Madrid wins. Yeah. Let's go. And that five point gap is because of the, the ties what's that your, what's your what's the gap between first and second in the EPL? Five. Oh, five points? Oh, same thing here. Yeah, five from City, but it's eleven to Newcastle after that. Jeez. So it's starting to push away. Outside of that, Gatuso is out from Valencia. Did you see the press co- conference? No, did he do that? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> no, um, so the spokesperson of the owners and the president of Valencia, they both came out, um, and did a press conference, and the reporters were just going in on them saying, What are you guys thinking? Uh, on Gattuso? No, 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 Gattuso on the owners, wasn't even there. the president yeah. and the owners, representative of the owners, yeah, and. A reporter, some reporters was like, what are you guys thinking? Do you guys even care about this club? I think the owners are somewhere in Asia, from Asia, because there was an Asian lady there that didn't know Spanish. So she had a, those earphones on. Uh, but just going in on them saying like, are you guys even looking for a new manager? President's like, no, not at the moment. Gattuso just got fired, so we're going to need to look for one. And... Just going in saying you guys should sell the club. It seems like you guys aren't even interested. You guys aren't even from Valencia. Stuff like that. So it's all going up in flames out there. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing hot. They're not doing hot, but they're also not like... They're in 14th place. Getting relegated. No, but I mean... For Valencia. Valencia is a big club. They're supposed to be top four. And yeah, they're not even close. Yeah, so it's pretty shocking. We'll see what that means for Yunus Musa. Yeah, I saw some reports. I think it was like uh, Hercules Gomez and team were were saying like, what would that mean? He was a, he was the heart of that team with under Gattuso. Like you never know when a new coach comes in, especially at the mid position, if they prefer other players or if they bring new people in, right? So that's going to be interesting. He's a good player. I think he'll be fine. Uh, moving on to Italy, 
La Copa Italia. We had uh, two of the quarterfinals today. La Fiore moved on. And La Fiore, Fiorentina, they got their opponent as well. In Cremonese. Cremonese beat La Roma de Jose Mourinho. So they're moving on to the semifinals. But yeah, they play they play Fiorentina and then, uh, which I think is a lot better draw than having to play either Inter, Juventus, or Lazio. Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be sick. Yeah, Cremonense hasn't won a single game in the league. And then for them now to be in the... That's, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's a... That's hilarious. I think that's a freaking... Um, that's a testament to the coach because they have switched it up since the coach got there. Yeah, they have. Both in the league and in this, this Copia Italia. Um, they beat, they're coming from beating... Napoli in the Coppa d'Italia. Yeah. Now they beat Roma. Yeah, but they before that they they tied uh, Bologna, Bologna, uh-huh. Bologna, and then they had lost to Inter Milan. Which I mean, what are you gonna do? It was two one too. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do there, right? So we haven't. I think they haven't truly had a test with this new coach with some mid to lower level teams to hopefully start inching their way up, picking it up. Yeah. But they play Lecce this weekend. Fifteenth place, Lecce. So that should be a good game. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Okay. In the Discord, Ivan, that fool says, uh, he said, uh, what do you say, Italian milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't hate us, Italy, please. All right. Let's move right into Liga Mekis. Chivas win. America win. You wrote on there, is this the jornada where they turn it around, dramatic music? Trump. No. No, you don't think they did well enough, or I mean, your Chivas are sl- at least playing FC Juarez. We, we've talked about it in the past. I think America is very much capable of. They're very much capable of making points in bunches. They can do the twelve points in a row, the fifteen in a row, whatever. I think it's very difficult for Chivas, but I mean, I I hope it's I hope it's turning a new leaf for them. I would just for Chivas, I want to see them play better. They're getting the win, which I thought was a good sign week one. But it didn't seem like the soccer was getting better. And they played a shit team and they almost tied against Juarez. So. Yeah, they got lucky. Uh, Juarez had a few corners the last few minutes of that match where just slightly a few inches under and they would have made a goal. And El Huacho saved them again. Yeah, El Huacho. Um, you had, uh, had 27 total shots, Juarez did. What the fuck is that? Who are they? El Chaca was shooting on him too much. <laughs> El Chaca. El Chaca, andale ese. Y luego El Titan was there too. Yeah, those fools were, they were bombarding him. So, yeah, um, they just got a win by the skin of their teeth. And then uh, Dueñas too from Tigres. They had the whole freaking 2019 Mexican squad. Yeah, yeah. The other Linus, it, the older brother. Giving it to them. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what makes me feel like it's going to be tougher for Chivas to really say that this is a turning point for them. But, I mean, America, you score six. It is Mazatlan, but to score six is something. Henry Martin getting a hat trick, and he's top of the league now with five goals. He has the most goals and assists because he has two assists, seven goal involvements. He's on another level right now. I want to see him do it against bigger teams, stronger teams. Yeah, And that's the thing that makes me feel like it might be this might not be the piece that is the turning point because I would want them to do it against a tougher team. And they have some, they have a good, uh, they have a good test this weekend. They play Santos. Yeah. Yeah. That score line was a bit, um, 
deceiving because it's Mazatlan. Mazatlan plays for nothing. They have <laughs> nobody to help them out. Um, I think they play for Las Chelas at the bars in Mazatlan. Yeah, Los Mariscos, La Banda, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so it's just, it's a deceiving score, but it's a good, um, like, mentality booster, like, to get them back on track where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, happy for Henry and and the other three that scored. Atlas Santos. There's a whole bunch of ties. Yeah, there's a week. bunch of ties. Yeah, Atlas like Santos was 2-2. Two, two. But Oziel Herrera from Atlas. You think he's Panamanian, Mexican? A dual national, but plays for the Mexican national team, obviously. He scored a goal, and the week before, he had two assists. So he's tearing it up. Let's I think go. he's I think he's a pretty solid starter there now, which is great to see. I I think he needs to get a shot at the national team. Him and Jeremy Marquez, the other mid on the Atlas team. Super excited to see what's to come for their future. El Ponchito Gonzalez scored another goal. Do you think he should get a call up? Um twenty eight years old. Is that too old for you? Yeah, that's a bit too No too old for me. No. Twenty eight years old, uh Maybe, maybe he does have a good shot at the 2026 World Cup um, if he keeps it up. But I, I think there's a, I think there's a bit of it that you can uh, throw in there and say, like, even if they're a little bit older and they might not be there in 2026, we need the best of the best right now. Yeah, and we need the best of the best for the next year or two to build the base, and we need that because we're not going to bring the piojos, the antunas, the whatevers. Oh. We want the best of the best, and if if you are younger than them and you want to be there in twenty twenty six, you have to outplay them. Yeah, and nobody's outplaying El Ponchito right now. None of those fake European stars. Oh, the yeah. the Antunas, the Piojo Alvarados, the uh, whoever you want, they're not outplaying him. And I think he needs to be there, and the coach needs to just be like, all right, this fool's f- the best Liga Mekis has got. Play better than him. If yeah. not, I'm taking a 32 year old. Yeah, I mean, if he's gonna help you win, take him as a 30 year old to the Copa America. He's in his prime at 30 years old. Yeah, but the tough thing is, it it'll depend if the coach is seeing it as part of the process for the World Cup. If he is seeing it, then he might not ever even call him. It really depends on the coach, you know, because there has to be a good mix of experience with new upcoming stars so if ponchito seems like he's deserving of a shot um and see how he does see how it goes but i do think that mexico needs to find that 25 24 year old striker you got it in santi jimenez but other than him i i don't know what other young striker there is right now that's doing hot no, that I think the striker position is going to be one where they're going to need to develop it really seriously over the next four years. They got to get some of the younger players, like that Down Wilke guy from Bruges. They need to get him going. They need to get the that dual national Argentino guy from uh, Rosario Central. Rosario Central, Andale. el El Toro Martinez, I think. Is it? Um, they need to get. I, don't, I think they still need a fight for Brandon Vasquez. Uh, he's a oh. freaking. For sure, we can behemoth of a man, dude. Some get him in there. Has as well. Yeah, um, but he doesn't play striker. I but, mean, yeah, but still. But like, I think they need to develop a lot of these U twenty three guys. Get them in first in their first division teams. 
get some killers out there and try to make a little roster player so that they can have competition. Because if not, Santi is the only one there. Yeah, that's it. We need some more goals in the Yamakis, man. Yeah, we're a bit dry right now. So that's like the last bit of the leagues that I wanted to cover. So maybe we can go over some of the rule changes now that we're in Liga Mekis. Uh If you guys haven't seen anything, uh, there are some apparent proposals coming in for Liga Mekis. There's a list of six things. And these things are apparently part of a coordination between Liga Mekis and the Selección de México to help increase competition increase the amount of players going to Europe uh, and overall help the selection be better on path towards 2026. Will it happen? I don't know. Uh, the thing that I was mentioning in the Discord is these are proposals that will come to the table very soon, I think in May. In May. To the group of ownership, the group of five teams or whatever that are in that ownership group that make the decisions. So will it happen? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, is it all or nothing? I don't know. Do you want me to? I'll bust through the list real quick. Yeah, go for it. So there are six six pieces to it. Number one, repechaje. They're saying that they're going to get rid of the repechaje, which is the spots nine through twelve in the season, right? Um, before it used to be one through eight is playoffs. Everyone knows that, right? But they added in nine through twelve as a repechaje, and nine through twelve would play five through six, and then whoever would make it would make a top eight. And yeah. then that was your playoff. They're getting rid of that. Number two, uh, extranjeros and Liga Mekis, the amount of foreign-born players, bringing it down from eight on the roster to seven. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> How killer is that? That's totally going to help. Number three, ascenso and descenso. They're going to not, they're not proposing it. They're proposing coming up with a plan <laughs> for uh, them to bring back the promotion and relegation from the second division, the Liga Expansión in Mexico. The biggest pain point apparently recently has been that they don't have, the lower division teams don't have the the foundation, the structural pieces to it that are needed to be seen as a first division team, which is bullshit. Yeah, Atlante, Morelia, hell of good teams down there. Uh, four, multipropiedades. They want to get rid of those. Uh, having If you own multiple teams, they want to get want you to get rid of them. Uh, campeonato largo con dos ligas. What that means is that they want to have still the same two tournaments, one at the beginning, one at the end of the year. But then they also want to give a trophy to the team that has the most points overall in the season. So they'll still have the playoffs for each one, one champion in the beginning, one champion at the end, and then they'll have a champion overall Yeah, for most points, kind of EPL style. And then six, exportación de jugadores. They want to figure out a strategy along with the Selección, the Fe the Mexican Federation, to increase the exportation of young players to El Extranjero. Yeah. It's all promises. It, yeah, I mean, to me, a lot of this is, is like a smokescreen. Yeah. The whole repechaje, it shouldn't have been in in the first place, but I mm -hmm. think that's the only really good point that comes out of this um, because – from going from eight extranjeros, non-Mexican players, from going from eight to seven is laughable. Yeah, like it's, it's not, not going to make any dent whatsoever. And then the whole having a EPL style of um, whoever makes the most points out of two seasons. 
It's like, why are we doing that? Why not just do the EPL style? Why have yeah. the apertura and clausura? I think for that, they just make too much money on playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It comes because down to... That's when they... That's when generally the Liga Mekis teams, they make up their money for the season when they have empty seats throughout the season, right? Is when they... When uh, Chivas, Cruz Azul, whoever f- starts filling the stadiums for the playoffs, they make up all that money that they didn't at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so. the eliminación de multipropiedad until 2026, until after the World Cup. Yeah. So I just found that interesting because it's like you're gonna be, you're taking it to owners that have multiple teams and telling them, hey, we would like you for you not to have multiple <laughs> teams. Yeah, you have Grupo Caliente who owns two teams. Mm-hmm. I think they have. Querétaro and Querétaro um, You have Pachuca who own León and Pachuca, Grupo Pachuca. You have Orlegi who own Atlas and Santos. Mm-hmm. They are presenting these plans to some... To ownership. To ownership who have multipropiedad. <laughs> it's like I said, they're proposals. And um, I, I think some of them are pretty, like you said, laughable because they, they sound like they're just going to get punted out. Like nobody's going to want to do them. I, I just want more information, like exporting younger players. What does that mean? Yeah. How, like... What we said, like, if you export, the F- Federation should be putting um, some of that money into the the selling price. So that Mexican club gets some of that money and the European club is more attractive that buying. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But, but that's just kind of bleeding money. That's the thing. A lot of these solutions involve somebody losing money because at the end of the day, the exporting of the players in Mexico is is very bad right now because of uh, in the inflated prices, right? If you're still charging $7 million for an unproven player, an unproven 25-year-old or something like that, it's very difficult for any solution because it means either you charge less or somebody makes up that money. So then, put your money into las fuerzas básicas. Yeah, but the right? big but the big problem still is is that the teams are overvaluing players. So it doesn't matter if you produce more players; they're still valuing twenty three year olds, twenty five year olds at seven million dollars. Nobody's going to pay that. That's the big problem. But now, what they're uh, it maybe if what you're saying if they put more money into young players, they'll sell younger players for two to three million dollars i mean julian arajo was going for four million that's more reasonable some of these uh, they just don't sound feasible to me the, the repechaje adding it in that sounds feasible but like how, how are you getting a multipropiedades to to uh it says here adding reglas para su eliminación what does that even mean i i just don't really see that much i'm glad that they brought these points up that these are needed but let's see if they actually have happened you saw we saw we're going to talk a little bit about in uh, Football Picante how they were roasting Yonde Luisa and Mikel Arriola, right? Yeah. For a lot of these pieces because they're basically telling them, like, you guys introduced a lot of these issues. The extranjeros, no descenso, the repechaje, multipropiedades. All these things, a lot of them are introduced because of them. And now they're saying it's the issues and we're going to solve them and they might not get solved. A ver que, man. It's a headache. Uh, definitely i hate being a mexican supporting <laughs> football sometimes most of the time let's let's close it off then that we got the fifa world cup coming up yeah i'm excited for it it's gonna be fun it's nowhere near as hyped up as the regular world cup or oh, anything no. 
No, but um, but Seattle Sounders are representing for North America. The first team after DC United in 1999, I believe. Yeah, the first non-Mexican team since 2005. Uh, since Saprisa. Since Saprisa, and then it was more Mexicans, and then it was DC United. It was DC United. Um, so I'm excited to see what MLS has got to bring. The thing that I'm not excited about is that they're off-season right now. Yeah. And they're about to get Al-Ali, the Egyptian team, who's been tearing it up in the African Championship for years now. They're going to come in hot, and they play, uh, I think, on Friday? They play Saturday. Saturday, that's gonna yeah, that's gonna be a great game. It is. It's gonna be an amazing game. I'm excited for Seattle Sandals to put the U.S. on the map, mm-hmm. and we'll see how far they can get. They, they gotta to come get. out swinging. Yeah, they do. There's no way you could be the first team in like 25 years, basically, from the MLS, and then you get out in the first game. And it's gonna be funny if they do. Yeah, it'll be fucking terrible. I mean. Uh, I mean, two, three years ago, Thetis made all the way to the final and lost to Bayern 1-0. So I, uh, I have an Egyptian coworker, and he's giving, telling me great things about Al-Ali. Oh, wow. And they won 3-0 today. They did. But Auckland is kind of a... They're semi-pro, Auckland. They're not full pro. Really? That whole league in... Uh, New Zealand is semi-pro. New Zealand is semi-pro. Wow. That's wild. They should go to the uh, A-League. The Australian one? Yeah. That's a different country now. No, the Wellington uh, Phoenix. Oh, that's one team from New Zealand that's over there? That's in the A-League. Oh, shit. Oh, because probably because it's the only pro league in the area then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But Auckland, yeah, needs to go. Needs to move over. All right. Let's bring it home. Tell me, what are you excited about this weekend? What games? Um, I'm excited about the America game, of course. (laughs) Santos America is going to be good. Cruz Azul Tigres is going to be good. And then you're... Chivas, if they don't fumble the bag um, against Querétaro. Yeah, they got to take that shit home. <laughs> Win that shit. Easy. Come on. This week is uh, Premier League back in. Arsenal's got Everton this week. Let's go. Give me those points. Chelsea-Fulham is going to be a good game as Chelsea well. Chelsea-Fulham's going to be good. I want to put a little bit of money on Fulham. Yeah, the Scott Manu against Crystal Palace. That's going to be good. Uh, Crystal Palace just got Sambi Lokonga on loan. The yeah. dude that just messed up for Arsenal, they sent him out on loan. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Liverpool Wolves is going to be interesting. Yeah, Newcastle West Ham, it's going to be a good game. Manchester City Tottenham as well. That's I think that's the game of the week. Yeah, that's going to be good. I wonder if we're going to see some of the new signings in Spain. Barcelona Sevilla, new coach at Sevilla. I wonder. Do you know who it is? I'm not sure who the manager is, but they do get um, they get Brian Hilbeck, the the little young kid from Tottenham. He looks like the guy from Tercer Elemento. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, he he, uh, he, uh, he was on loan at Tana, and they get him back now, so that's a little bit of firepower. Sevilla, they had a new coach last week. It's Pablo Machin. I have no idea who that guy is, but they won 3-0, remember? Let's call it there, man. Yeah, let's. Ahí les cerramos. Appreciate y'all for listening in. Jumping socials, jumping on the Discord, jumping on the TikTok. We're going viral. Appreciate (laughs) y'all. Peace. Peace.